BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, wrecking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, welcome to BeastNet. Today you've got Don interviewing Darcy from X-Warrior Challenge. I know we've been trying real hard to schedule this up and uh, talking about it. So this week we're going to head it out with an entire week of X-Warrior Challenge, starting with Darcy here Monday morning. Hey, Darcy, um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Don, thanks for having me. Thanks for your patience. My name is Darcy Shalfu, race director for X-Warrior Challenge here in Canada, way up north. So, uh, Darcy, what, uh, we'll, we'll start by talking about you. What, uh, what got you into to sure. obstacle course racing? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a great question. So, you know, for years and years and years, I was always a runner. You know, I was always sort of pseudo-athletic. I, I, I certainly wasn't ever, you know, some sort of competitive runner, but I really enjoyed getting out and, you know, sort of pounding out the miles. And, um, you know, I... I was I was running 10Ks and, you know, that sort of escalated into half marathons and then marathons. And um, I think it was about 2012. Um, so my background is I've always worked in sort of the entertainment hospitality industry. I've, I've produced events, um, sold sponsorship, done a whole bunch of event planning, you know, through the last number of years. And I won't tell you how old I am, but I've done it for quite some time. And uh, about 2012, someone had called me. Um, they had this guy that was bringing this new concept, Spartan Race, to town, and he needed some help with some permits. Or No, actually, he needed help setting up a beer garden. So he wanted someone to pull the liquor license and stuff. And at that time, I was working for a, uh, I'd say, the biggest hospitality group in Western Canada, um, and I was handling some marketing and sales and business development, but this was right up my alley. So this guy called me and said, hey, can you help this guy out? So I reached out, you know, sort of chatted with him about it. The event sounded super rad. Um, as it turned out, I wasn't able to help him, but he ended up comping a few entries. So I phoned some buddies last minute and said, hey, let's go check this thing out. And, you know, if you compare that event to where the Spartan races have gone now, like this was super low pro. Like they still have the gladiators. But I mean, you were carrying like, uh, you were carrying buckets with rocks and like rolling down hills. Like there was no budget on this thing. And this guy had thousands of people there and I don't know how he kept it together. So that was my introduction to the sport. I loved it. And at that time, I sort of stayed in touch with uh, the Spartan Canada, Western Canada franchisee model, um, selfishly because I really liked the sport. And um, I was also able to do some sort of co-pros. So I was able to, you know, help them with some of their logistical stuff. We could, we could promote some of the venues that I was working with. And it was really sort of this neat little relationship, I guess, you know. And um, that took place for about two or three years. But over that time, you know, I really sort of got frustrated with how I saw, and again, in my opinion, how I was watching a group really ruined such a good thing. You know, they had monster numbers. Like these guys were popping out 10,000 people on a weekend. Now I'm certain that south of the border where you guys are at, you guys probably see that every, every weekend, but 
for someone to get 10,000 people out year two or year three for an event, like that was really something to take notice of. So I think that's really when the sport of OCR, and I think it was the same in the States, was really taken off. And these guys were pumping these numbers, and they were becoming more difficult to deal with. And at that time, I started running um, – I fell in love with the old Tough Mudder brand. Just fell in love with it. I mean, the video production got me all the time, you know, the the whole hoorah stuff. And, like, I was just a sucker for that. So um, I was able to do a Tough Mudder here one of the years that they came here. And it was wonderful. It was great. It was a great experience. Loved it. Loved the whole sense of camaraderie, you know. And then I started doing a bit of traveling. And I've actually done the Seattle Tough Mudder a couple times. I actually – I was like one of those crazies that would hop on a plane first thing in the morning, hop in a rental car, run around in the mud, go back to the airport with mud, hop on the plane with everyone looking at me like I was a homeless guy, right? So, but, you know, really liked it. And when I went to those events, I noticed that the production level, and I, and I think you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, was just over the top. And the sense of community was over the top. And the camaraderie and everything, it was just so much bigger. And then I came back and ran an event here. And at that time I was sort of getting blown off and Spartan Western Canada was sort of making a bunch of, making a bunch of promises that they just had never, they never had any sort of intention of keeping. And it really sort of got under my skin. And at that time I was working in the hospitality industry and I didn't really, didn't really jive with where I was at in my life. And um, I just woke up one day and thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to look into starting a race company. That was really it. Like I kept going to these events, like just loving how they were moving people around, how they were engaging, how the courses were designed. So that's really how I got into the sport as a race director. I fell in love with the sport. The first event that I ran, um, I'm, I'm openly honest. I was always a tough mutter fan. Still am. Um, you know, they've had their things going on, but I've always loved the concept and, you know, Spartan's the biggest name in town, so, you know, they're always around. But, um, yeah, that's really where that's really where the beginning of X-Warrior came, was sort of out of opportunity. I noticed that the U.S. companies were coming to town. They were doing cash grabs. They were leaving. Uh, but more importantly, no one was leaving any sort of infrastructure here locally. No one was... No one was building that community. No one was working with the community. No one was growing with the community. And as you know, here in Alberta, especially, we've got a really strong obstacle course racing whole community, like just really engaged people, almost too engaged sometimes, which is great though. Um, but, you know, no one was really looking after that group and no one was more importantly growing the sport. So that's really where Explorer came. I just wanted to, I wanted to start a company. I wanted to start hosting really cool races. I wanted to host world-class events and I, and I wanted to do the little things that uh, the big guys weren't doing, you know, and I wanted to play a role and I guess sort of tearing people off the couch because that's what really blew me away with the sport was just all physicality types. Right. Anyways, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, you're, you're, that's where we came from. You're absolutely right. The, the, the sport itself is just amazing because um, you have everybody from the most elite fit people like your, your Lindsay Webster's, your Ryan Atkins, those, those guys that just dominate all of the events they go to anywhere in the world, all the way to, to guys like uh, the guys from BeastNet. Uh, if you look at our pictures, none of us are, uh, are in any kind of shape other than rounds. And, you know, we get out there and, and we grind out these courses and, 
You know, last weekend, uh, all three of us from BeastNet went out and did the, the Beast in Seattle. And then on Sunday, I sat there and worked registration, and I was amazed at the number of people from Alberta that were there. And, and afterwards, I found out that a lot of them were actually down from, from your event, basically, that, uh, that there were people that, that were ex-warriors. Some of them brought their, uh, their battle axes down to show off at the, uh, the biggest team tent with us. And that, that ended up being a really cool experience. They got him across the border. Oh, my gosh. Note to self. I need to send out a memo about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, the community here in Alberta is really, really amazing. And I've, I've been part of other sort of sporting communities, you know, of we, we can't compare it to hockey, but, you know, as a sort of, as a sort of casual runner, you know, and I don't mean this in any discontent, like, like we host running events, we host trail events, we're hosting our first ultra marathon in the Canadian Badlands, which is right outside of Drumheller, which is like, we're talking dinosaur country, no one's ever hosted an event there, it's going to be made. But, you know, we host events like that, but when you look at the community and you look at, I keep using the word camaraderie because it's the first thing that comes to mind, but the spirit the acceptance, you know, I was really blown away when I was at Tough Mudder, Seattle, you know, I was really, really taken back. And I, for, for once I just sat back and watched and I watched how special, you know, it really was for people to be helping each other and stopping on the course. And, you know, I had run it. I, I had uh, my first marathon that I ever ran and I haven't run a lot, but first marathon that I ran, you know, it was in Vancouver and I forget the year. Um, you know, when you're running and you're training, it's really all about you and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're out there to beat your best. And I was just out there to say that I did one, you know, I had no idea what I was going to run in, but you know, you get in this mode when you're on this course and you're running this marathon and you're digging down and there's not a lot of chatter, you know, and I didn't notice this. I didn't notice this until I got into the sport of obstacle course racing, but we're running down. I forget where the road is and there's gotta be five K left. Like, none of us are going to win this thing. Like we are barely hanging on and there's a lot of crowds everywhere. And this guy's got to be a hundred feet in front of me. And he just drops or maybe a hundred feet. He drops. He's torn something, you know, you know, this guy's laying around, you know, he's like, ah, you know, people are jumping over him. You know what? I jumped. I, I don't think I jumped over him, but I actually went around and I looked at him and thought, Oh, that sucks. But I kept going because this is all about me. And it was about my finish time. You know, and no one, no one even stopped. Like, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm guessing someone came out and helped the guy, which I'm sure they did. A spectator or an 80-year-old woman came out there. Whatever. I, I don't know. But, you know, when I was in Seattle and I was at Tough Mudder and I'm watching this and I'm thinking about the differences between what I'm seeing at this obstacle course race versus what I've seen at a bunch of other events, you know. And, and once again, the running community is so incredible. This is just amazing people. There's some great events out there, but it's that one unique difference of the community and people helping each other. You know, I thought that wouldn't have happened here. If someone dropped in front of me, there's no bloody way that I would have ran around them, you know, especially at a tough mutter. The hell are you going to win at that time? You know, everyone's going to stop. The guy's going to get, you know, he's going to get carried for 5k, you know, and that's really where it dawned on me saying, you know, the, the, the sport of obstacle course racing, it is so accepting and it really, really attracts. And I, and I'll, 
I can say this, the people that get into the sport and the people that stick around are generally very good people. Like they're just good souls, you know, because they sort of gravitate towards each other. And you talk about Ryan Atkins and you talk about Lindsay, you know, it's two of some of the most wonderful people on earth. And you talk about some of the other athletes there, like there are some other great athletes, but no one talks about them because I don't know, maybe they're assholes, you know? So that's uh, really for me. I was I'm sorry, go ahead. With, uh, with, yeah, I was going to say with Lindsay Webster, um, You'll actually you'll hear it on the the episode that runs tomorrow. So I'm talking in the future about the past in the future tense. But uh, I interviewed Allison Ty from uh, Grit Farm OCR, who was the world's toughest mother last year, and she was talking right, about yeah. a part on the course. She was talking about a part on the course where where Lindsay got up. Uh, I don't remember what they call one of those slip walls where you got to run up it and grab it at the top at Tough Mudder. And Lindsay stood up there yeah. and made sure that every single other woman got up there before she took off to the next one, even though they were all racing for the championship. And that's, that's the kind of camaraderie that you only see in this sport. You don't see it in running. Running is a great sport. It's really good for your body. But the first thing runners do is they put in their earbuds, and they are FTW. They, they don't care. They're in the world. And that's why obstacle course racers, we don't wear earbuds. We carry backpacks and we help each other along. That's there's, there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. I have nothing against, I have nothing against any running events. Some of my best friends are race directors and they run some events hell of a lot bigger than mine. And, you know, the people that go to them are great, but yeah, there certainly is that difference, but it's, you know, it's just, it's just the sort of nature of the sport. You know, one's very one-dimensional, you know, and it's great, and you got to push. And, you know, the best obstacle course racers in the world also have to be some of the best runners in the world, right? I mean, mechanically, yep. it's just not possible for someone to place where, where they place. And you'll hear time and time in out, you know, that if you really want to get better at uh, your, your OCR placements, you got to take running seriously. Like, I have nothing but respect, you know, for – Everyone like that. And then it's that damn grip strength thing that always seems to kill me because I always look at the, the grip strength exercise and go, ah, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> but, yeah, no, yeah, that's, very true, very true. Really fell in love with the uh, – Yeah, really fell in love with the OCR community and, you know, everyone in Alberta. And I think earlier I said, you know, sometimes they're too engaged. What I meant by that is, you know, there's, there's, there's just a lot of passion, you know, and people are attached to this, you know. And people are from all walks of life. It's really, really interesting to see. And it's really empowering. And, you know, when we started X-Warrior, I had a, I don't know what I was smoking at the time. Just kidding. I'll smoke. But, you know, I was, I, I sort of had this, this, this vision in my mind as to where things would launch, where it would be. And I was drinking my own Kool-Aid and we pressed, you know, we, I say we, like there was a million of them, like there was a million of us, but it was me. Um, we basically uh, basically took the thing live, and I'm and I'm watching the numbers come in. And I'm like, wait a second, this is not what I envisioned. You know, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it certainly wasn't great. So I realized very quickly that I had to engage. You know, and, and I didn't have the budgets to go and buy a million dollar ad campaign. I sure as hell didn't have the budgets to produce an event like maybe Tough Mudder would. You know, I mean, my God, those are big, big, pricey events to sort of produce. So you can't bootstrap something like that. So I knew that we had to engage and I had to get out and meet people. I was living in Calgary. So 
we we launched our free boot camps, and I found a wonderful uh, a wonderful trainer from uh, the November project here. And if you know anything about them, they're all about community, and you know it's a really really cool concept. And um, I spoke to her, so I ended up hiring her. And every weekend for six for four months, for sixteen weeks, we were going to do a free boot camp, and I kept moving it around. So you know I was booking parks with the city. I booked. I was booking stadiums. I was booking everywhere that I thought was kind of cool. I was booking tracks, you know, and we kept it sort of fresh. By about week three, we started, by about week three or week four, we started to average about 150 to 200 people at this point, you know, and we saw, you know, some faces come and go, especially in the long weekends, but we always hovered around those numbers and it became this really cool community. And the reason I bring that up is I, I remember that there were some like four or five ladies that showed up at the very first one, and they looked so terrified. Older ladies, you can tell they just decided they wanted to get their health back. You know, when people were running, they were walking. If we were doing strength stuff, you know, they were doing modified. But they showed up every day. Not the, sorry, not every day. They showed up every week. And I remember seeing them at the start line of the first event that we holded, that we hosted here in Calgary at the Calgary Stampede, and I was almost like. You know, I was, I was so emotional on the inside, even though I like, I think I had a microphone man in my hand. I was just watching them and see that's really what it was all about at that point. We played a role in pulling these people off the couch. And that's really where that, where that, uh, where the future of X warriors sort of went from there because, you know, to be able to play a part in that, and that's really where obstacle course racing right? Like, like you said it, you know? We come in all shapes and sizes, but no one really judges on that course, you know? If they do, they don't seem to hang around that much, you know, or they don't seem to, it doesn't seem to last long because it's like this self sort of policing, you know, people sort of put them in their place, which is really nice to see. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, that story sort of just popped in my mind. Um, it was really, really cool to see. I don't know if I do 16 weeks of boot camps again, but that sure sex took a lot of time, but it was fun at the time, I guess. Uh, you know, the, the 16 weeks of boot camps when you're starting a new brand, that is a, uh, a great way to find an audience and to have a captive audience, especially if they keep coming back. And from there, they tell their mm-hmm. friends and their friends. And when you, when you host an event, you know, you've already got 150, 200 participants at least that are going to sign up just because they want to continue what they started in your boot camp. For sure, you know, and I'd like to think that the numbers were that high. And again, I think it was worth every bit of time. And I wish we could do more of them right now. We just seem to, I seem to have gotten in this mode. I just have too many events now and I'm sort of redeveloping 2020. Like I had way too many smaller events we started like an X trail event and a series and all those sort of things. But I, I, I think in 2020, we're going to schedule some, some weekends and really look after our core audience. But when we first started them, you know, um, if I had 150 people out, I'll be honest with you, 70, uh, I'm sorry, 50% of them had no intention of coming to pay for a race. They were into it they were just into it just to sort of be a part of something. And it was sort of, and we knew that going in. So I was like, okay, well, it's our job. So I could always tell, we could tell if someone wasn't engaged or they were new or whatever. So we really tried to spend some time with them to see if we could win them over, you know, and sometimes we could, and sometimes we didn't. And 
but yeah, it certainly was a great way to engage, and I have nothing but, um, you know, I, 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 I have nothing but admiration for those groups that run November projects or, you know, some of the other some of the other OCR companies that are, you know, really sort of devoting their time to making sure that people are getting active. And it's, it's sort of a tough space to be in because, especially when you start running larger events, you know, we rely heavily on our partners and not just sponsors, but I mean, we really try to build relationships with gyms, you know, with fitness trainers and all that sort of thing. So it's tough for us because if we're giving away something for free that one of our partners sells, what do you think they're going to feel? So it's this fine balancing act that, that we sort of found saying, okay, well, we can't do that many again. It's important for us to do them once in a while, but you know, more times than ever, it's more important for us to support our, our partners and our teams. Like if you look at the X warrior, sort of demo of registrants and these numbers aren't a joke. I'm telling you that just under 80% of people that register for our events are big obstacle course race events do so as groups. And that actually might be the standard. I don't know. Um, I've never looked at Spartan stats or, uh, or tough mutter, but we've got a really cool team. We've got a really cool team incentive programs and we just seem to get the, the groups out and that's really what I like to see. I think when we stop seeing that or we start to see those numbers decline, personally, I'll think that we're doing something wrong. Because I think that's what the sport's about is getting getting groups of people together. Celebrating group success versus the individual success. Like we took the bait and we launched age groups this year, you know, and I get it. Like, you know, people people wanna, you know, they want a standard and they want to be recognized and that's great. I've sort of reminded myself this year that next year, you know, we'll probably keep age groups, you know, the age group awards in sprint and age groups awards in, in Titan because we have them already. Like it's, it, it, it's not like they cost a lot. I mean, uh, we've certainly got some things to work on on our end when it comes to timing and award times. But I think I need to remember to spend more time next year on the masses, you know, working with those groups. Because if someone like X Warrior is not pulling people off the couch here in Western Canada, I don't know who else is going to be other than us just sort of relying on, you know, the Spartan Million Dollar Ad Campaign, which I'm sure will come to town because I know the U.S. has taken over the Canada properties. So, but it's really important um, for us to stay connected, I guess. I, I think as far as Western Canada goes, you're probably going to see like, Red Deer, Kimberly, and Whistler or something. I don't see a whole lot coming that way because um, really they didn't have much you. before. No, I agree uh, with you. And it, that, it just makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you. And when it comes to the age group thing, you know, running it on the, the Sprint and the Titan, you know, there's there's a certain number of people at, at any of those events that want that competitive spirit, the, that upper end echelon. And, and offering mm-hmm. that, I think, help, that helps out with bringing those people in. But the inclusiveness of all of the open runners is, is where, I mean, you look at it at a Spartan um, last weekend on Sunday, I think we had 30, 3,500 people or something on the Sunday for the sprint is what the number posted wow. in the tent was. And there was, there was probably maybe 250 of those that were age group and elite. Almost, if you looked at yep. it uh, on the breakdown, it was all just people running in groups. And, and when I was doing registration, I had people coming up, well, how do I make sure I was in my group? How do I make sure I was on my team? You know, it's, 
it was all about the team. You had people showing up wearing the same shirts, stuff like that. Um, and that's, that's what you want to see at your events, and that's why you keep it all-inclusive, I think. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. And, you know, um, the um, – yeah, the age group, uh, the age group awards and the, uh, the elite awards, like, we'll never walk away from it. I totally agree with you. It's really important for us to recognize people that, you know, want to push themselves and they want to like, if they want to compare themselves and push themselves and that's how they sort of mark where they're at. Great. Um, like you said, you know, um, those that are running open and those that are just in it because you know what, they want to be a little bit better than they were yesterday. <laughs> that's really where, and you know, that's really where the growth of the market is, you know, like we always want to bring people in, they sort of find it, they have fun. And then we want people to sort of push themselves. And when you look at X warrior, you know, we started with just this idea of obstacle course racing races, you know, then I, then I was hearing from the, from the locals that, you know, like when we first launched it, it, it kind of seemed under, kind of seemed underwhelming. Oh, okay. Obstacle course. Yeah. This is really cool. We have one of our own. So we threw the Titan at them and that really sort of activated the local crazies, the local passionate ones, you know, so the Titan we've really had a lot of success with and, and, and fun with. Um, you know, that's sort of where, where that grew. And then we sort of like people that are into that. Now we do the Titan 12 hour black ops, which is like a signature overnight event. That is, that is an absolutely incredible event. Even someone like Ted loved it. You know, we had a dog sneak into his tent and steal all this food I heard, which is hilarious. Um, I, I laughed and sort of felt bad for him at the same time when he told me, but so we sort of migrated to that. So we, we, we start with a simple concept. We go to Titan, then we go to the Titan black ops, but, we have, you know, I have filler events. I, sorry, not filler events. We have events that we use to, you know, hopefully bring people new to the, bring more people to the sport, uh, bring more people to the brand. And again, peel, basically peel those people off the couch. Like we have a concept called the X run. And it's like a really, if you look at it, it's like a 5k fun boot camp. It's like a 5k fun run. There's 10 sweat zones along the way. We've got music. We've got sweat zone motivators and you name it. And there's a sign there that'll say, you know, 15 burpees or, or say, you know, 15 push-ups or whatever. And there's actually 10 of these. And we get a great audience out for those because they're fun events. They're exciting. Um, it's not an obstacle course race, but we're still sort of, we're looking after our own community. And then we also sort of use it, hopefully, to bring some new people in and some families. And we just recently got into trail running, um, you know, because again, we're sort of listening to the community and, you know, I'm watching more and more people sort of progress. Like people are doing a lot of races or the endurance thing. And all of a sudden I'm seeing these people, they're all running, you know, teams in this ultra marathon here, or they're doing that or doing that. And I thought, you know, it's, it's easy for us to produce trail events. Um, be great way again for us to meet new people, bring more people to the sport. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and of course, you know, meet, meet new people and, and sort of stay busy. So um, we've got this trail event concept that, that, that we ran. I decided to run it last winter and I just, I, I, I won't do that many events again because on top of being in, you know, Alberta, <laughs> which is a little cold and snowy. I mean, who would have thought? Um, I was actually blowing through equipment. Like I was blowing speakers and whole bunch of things went wrong. Apparently you shouldn't have a sound system outside when it's minus 30. I mean, I don't think you should put humans out there, but so we've got this trail concept and we're just launching a brand new ultra marathon 
concept in the Badlands, which takes place actually next weekend, which, you know, we, we came to the, the, we came to the show late. Uh, we couldn't launch the event until literally like, I want to say 45 days out. We had a lot of issues with, you know, sort of finding our way around some of the regulations with the province and everything, but we ended up finding some great landowners and, uh, but I guess what I'm saying is, 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 is with that, 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 you know, I agree, the age groups are really important. We want to, we want to attract some great athletes, but more importantly, I want to attract good people that are great athletes. I really, I say that all the time. If there's a great athlete and they're not a good person and, you know, they're sort of, you know, elitist and all that stuff, don't waste my time. I'm not going to waste my time with that person because that's really for me what it's never been about. But, you know, for us to create other events and for us to rejig some things to make sure that, you know, those that are in it for whatever reason are looked after. I think that's where, that's certainly where the growth is. You know, I'm, I'm, I was sort of happy to see Tough Mudder moved away from the competitive end. Again, I only know what I think I know, and I certainly don't know what I don't know about them. I've always really respected the brand. And when they started to get in that competitive stuff, I thought like someone's lost their vision as to where they want to be. And I was, you know, whether they've had, whether they've had challenges or not, I'm sort of happy to see that they dropped it. I know that that wasn't a very popular opinion in some of the OCR groups, especially here. So I kind of kept my mouth shut about it, but you know, I've always thought the tough mutter is, it is what it is. Like it, it should be a fun event and it should be exciting. And if you want to push yourself around the first lap and if you want to go do the world's toughest mutter, (laughs) they have that too, you know, I don't know. Yeah, the, uh, the guys from Beastnet were the guys from Beastnet. Oddly enough, the three of us had never done a tough mutter yet. Um, we were kind of really? born out of the Spartan brand. Yeah, we were born out born out of Spartan, yeah. and uh, and we've expanded now outside of Spartan with with terrain and a bunch of locals and uh, and our our founder Mike, pretty Mike as they call him, is deathly afraid of electric or electricity. So he has avoided right. signing up because of that one final obstacle. And, uh, well, I finally, uh, with the loss of Warrior Dash this year, um, yeah, I told him I was already signed up to, to go do Tough Mudder, and I didn't care if he came or not. And uh, and then when Warrior Dash canceled, I'm like, all right, now you have to do Tough Mudder because it was the same weekend as Warrior Dash. So now you're going to get out and do it. Um, so that's kind of what's going to happen with our first Tough Mudder. Um, real quick, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and, uh, right. and talk about the, the competitive edge to things. Do you like challenges that are fun, tough, and might use tacos? Head on over to BeastChallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including Beast's 5K+, Plus, a combination of race and endurance event, and the Bucket Mile. Keep an eye on the Beast OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast's OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did. Like what you hear? Make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're using YouTube, please click the little red subscribe icon Then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes. And if you could, give us a thumbs up. 
Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. All right, and we're back from commercial, talking with Darcy from X-Warrior. We've been talking about the competitive side of, of OCR racing and where it fits and doesn't fit. Uh, one of the things that we were just discussing was the fact that uh, the Tough Mudder had brought it in and then kind of lost it um, and got rid of the, the competitive heats. Uh, other things that I noticed, uh, I don't know if terrain race terrain racing got up into into the Alberta province at all, but they got up into to BC up here. And last year, they had uh, competitive heats with 100% completion of obstacles. And then this year, they dropped it back out and, and got rid of their competitive heats too. And, and I think the, the concept of the competitive heats, you know, with, with kind of the entry level or the fun events, as I like to call them, because terrain race is definitely mm-hmm. a lot more about having yeah. fun. War, Warrior Dash was a lot more about having fun. And then Tough Mudder was a lot more about having fun. And when you start to mm-hmm. put competitive on that, I think I think you take away a lot of the fun to the brand. And, and I think that, you know, they, they have their place, like with the world's toughest and, and stuff like that. But you know, at, at a regular race, like the one coming up in two weeks up here in Seattle, you know, everybody that's going to be out there for those two days, they're just out there to have fun. They're not out there trying to, to beat each other's times. I mean, most of the obstacles at Tough Mudder are team completion. There's almost no way to mm-hmm. do the obstacles without being part of a team or having somebody help you. So to make it competitive kind of, I, I don't know how that would work. Um, one of the things that I'm trying to remember who I was talking to, there was someone I was talking to either out on the course or uh, or something like that recently. They were talking about how upset they were coming up to an obstacle and having to wait 15, 20 minutes to get through the line to get on the obstacle. And how can you do this to the elites <laughs> and stuff like that? And, and you know, you see it in, in Spartan, because, um, again, born out of Spartan, that's kind of what we talk about too much. But Spartan has the, the Ultra Beast series where they, they put on the, the Ultra Beast where it's usually two-plus mm-hmm. laps of a beast at an event. But what you see on the trails and at the obstacles is you'll hear people just calling out Ultra, and sometimes it's not even the Ultra racer. It's the people seeing him calling out Ultra to make sure everybody steps aside and gives him room. And it's not because you know, mm-hmm. 90% of the people out doing – 90% of the people doing the Ultra – they're not doing it because they're going to have the best time at the ultra. They're doing it same as you and I for a marathon. We do it to push ourselves to that absolute limit just to say we can do it. You know, myself, I've got an ultra on my calendar for 2021. Right now, my current marathon time is about six and a half hours, seven hours. I can't compete and finish an ultra beast in the time that it takes to get it done. So I'm putting a lot more in on my training, um, focusing more on getting from running and jogging into actual running so that I can cut down my times and get my marathon to at least, you know, five and a half hours or possibly less so that when you add any obstacles, I can get it done in 13, 14 hours. Incredible. Good for you. 
Good for you. Good for um, you. Ed. Yeah, the Ultra Beast certainly is a different monster. I tackled one in uh, <laughs> Sun Peaks a few years back, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I just thought it was cool. I sort of knew and went out there and, you know, had, had a good time. Uh, finished. Can't see. I finished with pizzazz. I know there's a video floating around out there of me. Um, I missed the axe throw by about 25 feet. It was, un- it was unbelievable. And when I was doing my final burpees before that uh, final wall, whatever it's called, um, they were literally the worst burpees on earth. And I like fell into the fence. It was like I was in a WWF match. I fell into the fence and people are pushing the fence back out to get me back in there. And I sort of, I don't really remember that part of it, but I've watched it. So, you know, those that are out there to do ultra beasts, like, wow, you do one or you do a hundred. Uh, for me, it's just absolutely amazing that, uh, that we can actually push ourselves to those limits. So good for you. That's excellent, man. So uh, we've talked about the history of, of Darcy and the history of X Warrior and some of our, our combined thoughts on, on racing. Um, one of the things that you talked about was your, your X trail and your, your X run. Mm-hmm. And, and oddly enough, those, mm-hmm. those two races lead directly into OCR, whether it's the trail run, you're, you're out there running and you have to do some technical trail work. So you're needing to learn, you know, where to put your feet, not mm-hmm. to blow out ankles and knees. You know, and then of course the, mm-hmm. the functional fitness of doing burpees and whatnot with the X run. Um, the Beast's obstacle course racers, we have a charity event called the Beast 5K Plus, which is mm-hmm. 5K of all. It's all functional movement and all stuff like that. And currently we've got the, the registration open on that. Uh, I'll post something again to remind people about that. But on your events, um, yours sounds like it's a little bit more running in between the functional fitness on the on the Yeah, run. you know. Yeah, like the X-Wing concept, you know, when I first came out with, with this whole crazy idea to start a race company, like the X-Wing concept was, wasn't even planned to begin with. Like I just knew I needed to get an obstacle course race and we were going to produce it. And I was leaning on sponsors and friends and you name it because the money was going the wrong way. And, you know, luckily enough, you know, I was able to bend the right ears and I got a lot of support and, you know, we were able to pull off, you know, a really for a first event, like, the production level of that event was over the top. Um, but the X run thing, you know, if, if you back up to that 16 weeks of boot camp, as, as I mentioned, I had a wonderful gal. Um, her name's Tamara Francis. She was running these, these, these events for me, you know, and I never thought, well, maybe one week she's not going to show or she's not going to make it. Of course, I don't think like that, right? I'm just Mr. Positive. Well, sure enough, about two days before one of our, Saturday morning boot camp, she calls and she says, hey, um, bad news, I can't do the event. And we're about 10 weeks in or like 12 weeks in or something. I'm like, okay, uh, who do we have as backup? And she, she said, well, no one, but you can do it. You've been there. Just, you know, do this workout. You, you know what to do. And I was terrified. Are you kidding me? I'm not a fitness instructor. I can't do this. She goes, well, just send him out for a 5K run. And I said, I can't do that either. That's not what we do. We can't just send them for a run. And when I just said that, I said, just send them for a run. I'm like, wait a second. And that's literally where I thought, what about an X run? What would that look like? And I thought, boom, this is what we're going to do. So literally the morning, that morning at 5 a.m., I'm on my bike, my mountain bike. 
I've got a bunch of signs pre-made with like 10 burpees and all this sort of stuff here. I did it all myself and I was riding around in like the, it was 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. in the dark with my phone because I didn't have a GPS watch at the time. And I was sort of marking like, okay, well, I'm going to drop this stake here, drop this stake here. Anyways, fell off my bike 20 times. I came back, you know, I was sort of sort of sitting there at this park going, well, this is either going to go really great or it's not going to go well at all. So, of course, I had like 150, 170 people show up, and I ended up finding somebody to do stretches with them. So I announced this new concept, blah, 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 blah. And I just, I literally said go, and I set them off, and I stood there for about half an hour thinking I just totally screwed this up. And as people started to come back, high fives, everyone loved it. It was such a nice way to break up a run. It was a great workout. And that's really where that whole extra thing came from. So our first year of X Warrior, you know, our numbers weren't where I thought they were going to be. I had, I was going through my garage and I kicked the box and I was, I had all this race stuff everywhere. And I kicked the box. I was like, what the hell was in that box? I just hurt my toe. I didn't have my shoes on. Open it up and there were medals. And I said, they were like the first generation of an X Warrior Challenge. They had a year on them. I'm thinking, there's got it. I don't know how many medals are there. There's a few boxes. I'm like, I can't get, I can't let these go to waste. This is literally what I was thinking. And I thought, boom, I'm going to host an extra run. Called the city, made it happen. And things sold out in like two weeks. I think we had like 500 people out. And yeah, it was great. Lots of teams, lots of families. So yeah, they just start and a lot of music and they just sort of headed out. And we had a local gym that supplied all the motivators. And we had speakers for them at that time. We had little Bluetooth speakers and, you know, we had fencing, like, when I think about it, it was where the events started and where they're at now is night and day. But, yeah, that's basically the concept, you know. It's, it's, it's about 5K. It's not timed every 500 meters or so, depending on what the course looks like, you know. You're going to come into an optional sweat zone, and it's up to you as to whether or not you're going to do the exercise or not, you know. And, yeah, I love it. Like, I love the functional fitness end of that stuff. And I like the X-Trails because I, I – I totally agree with you. Like we've got, we've got some months here where you can't host off the course races. Like our racing season here in Alberta is quite short. Like literally, you know, if you're pushing into May, like we were pushing into May only because we had a venue that we knew would clear the snow for us. You know, if you're going May to September, you know, October, depending on the type of event, like that's really not a long season. And if you're someone like Spartan or Tough Mudder, like they're literally going, I'm assuming May to September, if like here. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of the rest of the year that we need to sort of fill. And we wanted to stay, you know, we wanted to stay connected to the community and we wanted to provide a low cost. And I mean, a low cost event for the runners, you know, we wanted to uh, keep them, you know, engaged and we wanted to, again, meet some new people and maybe, you know, just try something else cool. And let's call it a trail run, a 5k trail run, you know, loop is a little easier to produce than a 5k obstacle course race. <laughs> like, it's night and day. So yeah, we, we started doing those and yeah, we've, I haven't planned the calendar for those next year, we're sort of trying to build everything around where we're going to place our events. And we're sort of back to what you were talking about, you know, where's it going? Like we just had a lengthy conversation today, you know, with, with some of the stakeholders here. And, you know, I, I've, I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of great people. And you mentioned the Boneyard, you know, wonderful people, Rob and Cindy day, um, 
they own the land and their kids are just wonderful people. And, you know, we've certainly hosted some great events with them. And uh, Rob and I talk all the time and uh, he's a wonderful guy. And we were talking about, you know, sort of next year and like, like what my thoughts were and what our thoughts were on, you know, some of the bigger events, because we know Titan Black Ops, we know what it is, you know, we know what it attracts. We know how to produce it. You know, the big question is, can you take that thing on the road? You know, like where's the growth of that? Or do you just keep growing the one event or keep it as is and just make it this event that, you know, once a year, everyone needs to hit. Cause that's sort of where we're at already. Like that thing just hit it out of the park. It's such a fun experience. It's like this, it's, it's like this, it's like this camp for adults that decide to punish themselves for 12 hours and celebrate it. Like it's mind bogglingly awesome. Um, but we've got the other big events, you know, where we talk about the open categories and the kids races and all this sort of stuff where, you know, we are, you know, we're, we're really working on redeveloping, you know, what those look like, you know, and I can't give too much information out now, mainly because, you know, I've got pages and pages of notes. And if you saw the walls in my house, I have boards everywhere. You know, I, I can say that next year, you know, the season's going to look a little bit different for us, you know, even on a branding perspective. So it's my dog. Um, even on a branding perspective, like we've got an ultra marathon concept that, that we're running. And, you know, it looks like we might have a second ultra marathon relay concept that, that we can pull out um, as well. So we start looking at running and OCR. Like now I'm, now I'm considering, okay, so, so we need to create a second umbrella, you know, how do all these things work together? So one isn't losing, you know, how does a running event work? If, you know, it's like OCR branded, I, again, this is just my brain. So long story short, a lot, a lot of planning to do for next year and a lot of big and little changes, I think, you know, and also sort of respecting the fact that, you know, Spartans had some big changes, you know, I think they're good changes. Um, I think that Western Canada, you know, might see, I think in terms of event, in terms of event quantity, I think Western Canada will see less, but I think they're going to be bigger weekends. So it, they'll probably end up driving more racers. Um, I, you know, and again, just basing that on what I don't know, or sorry, what I don't know and what I think I know, um, you know, so sort of waiting on that to see where that schedule pans out. And then I'll start to sort of figure out where we're going to put, you know, where we're going to do our big sort of Calgary event, our big, we already know that the Boneyard events are, uh, you know, Boneyard's there, you know, they have had some issues with one of their major sponsors. Um, one of the, uh, the major scaffold sponsor that had donated, I mean, a ton of stuff to them which is such a great, great, gracious move. And I'm sure that, you know, none of us could ever be more thankful for that business operator. They had donated a ton of stuff and the Boneyard OCR compound located, you know, just north of Edmonton, you know, that was created by the Day family. And, you know, they fell in love with the sport of OCR and he started taking all of his girls, you know, he's, he's, he's got three girls and they started doing all this traveling and going to these events. And then they noticed that some of the local kids had nothing to do and, you know, he decided that he wanted to, he wanted to create this youth group. So he, he did so many things and he's done so many things for the right reasons, you know, and they have kids out there constantly training and he was doing fundraising and he started taking kids around to like events in North America on his dime, you know, really, really cool story. So, you know, it's really easy to see how, you know, 
um, sponsors and whatnot that's sort of running those circles think, yeah, this is something that we want to support. I know that's how we feel. Um, you know, I would, I would move mountains for that family. And uh, sadly enough, you know, one of the sponsors that had donated everything um, has, has had to pull it all because they've gone into some, uh, I don't know, some financial strain or something. So we're working on plans right now with them to, I, I know that we're hosting a fundraising um, uh, it's called the Boneyard Halloween Half. Super cool. Um, it's like a running sort of trail event, half marathon, 10K, all that stuff we're doing October 26th. Um, they've got a GoFundMe page going. I'll, I'll be talking to them about some of the uh, some of the funding next year from the events, you know, because it's important for us to support venues and people like this because if, you know, someone – if people like Rob and Cindy Day didn't spend, haven't spent the time that they have, and really, what are they getting out of it? You know, I mean, sure, maybe there are some venue fees, not that much. You know, uh, they're spending their time and money, you know, sort of developing obstacles and getting kids out there and keeping them active and bringing school groups out and all that sort of stuff. If they're not doing it, who is, you know? Like, we don't have a plethora of OCR gyms opening up. We don't have a plethora of OCR, you know, outdoor facilities like a bloody compound like theirs we just don't have them so it's really important for us to to focus on groups like that and you know even the gyms like you've got you know one obstacle course racing gym here in calgary uh they just had an ownership change a great move i know sean and Catherine are going to do an awesome job they're both racers and they've just taken over the space and you know i have nothing but great things to say about them and i I hope their business grows, you know, and they, we also have some other fun venues like Engination and whatnot. But when you look in, in, when you look in Edmonton, you know, they've got city fit shop that again, amazing people, both racers, you know, sisters that could open that up. We spend a lot of time supporting them, you know, cause they do a lot for us. So I think we've got another one, uh, fit set that opened up there. Don't know too much about them, but you know, a really good guy, Cody O'Brien's involved. So it, so it has to be awesome. But, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, the the sport itself, you know, I I don't the sport itself is full of so many amazing people and amazing opportunities, you know, for anyone that for anyone that sort of really spends a little bit of time out here with these people, they'll understand what the attraction is. They really, really will. You know, um and we talk about the competitive stuff and I I'm very I'm very open about this, you know. I'm never one to say that, you know, I'm going to stop competitive or anything like that. Like we're in a bit of an identity jam right now. And I think I have been from day one, you know, you're sort of this guy. I had this business partner that, you know, said he was on board and he, and he owned a company that produced festivals and he did all this stuff. And then he, then he sort of disappeared on me. And by disappeared, he just disappeared on me. And at that time I was so into this, you know, that I just ran with it, but you know, we've always sort of had a bit of an identity thing because when you look at it, like we've, we've got the fun runs, you know, I've got trail runs. Now we do virtual runs and that came out of nowhere. Um, you know, but we have this obstacle course racing. Now we've got competitive open. So I'm finally at the point where I need to take a breather, you know, um, I do a lot of consulting, I guess, amongst some of the people that have helped me along the way and people that I respect and everything and really come up with a plan for 2020 that makes sense both financially and optically, because, you know, we can't continue to put all these different events underneath the one umbrella right now. I can't. Um, so there's, there's certainly going to be some changes in the wilderness and uh, the Calgary event 
in terms of heats and maybe distances. Um, black ops, I don't think will change. I think it's just going to continue to be awesome until the end of time. Uh, sorry, I'm totally ranting. Uh, we had a lot to think about for next year, I guess. Well, and I caught you at kind of a weird time because you're you're just ending the the obstacle season up there in Alberta because you're starting to probably see some snowfall soon, and you know this time of the year <laughs> it's kind of ramping down. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is like we actually have one more event. Uh, you know, it's called a Hurt Locker. Um, so this falls back on you know the the Day family and and Rob Day and Rob. Uh, Rob's been a big part of, you know, uh, sort of the Black Ops concept. He's He's been a big part of X-Warrior, to be honest with you. His um, whole family, we're all great friends, and I consider them family. And, you know, Rob, Rob's got this side of him, you know. He wants, to, he wants to push people. And you can see that, you know, if we sort of let him, let him be, you know. Rob, he's, he's, he's one of the smartest people that I know, you know. But he's, 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 he's got this edge to him where, like, he really wants to push people. And... Great. Awesome. Certainly a time and place for it. I have nothing but respect. That's why we're friends. But he, we, he, he was talking about this event concept and we were somewhere. I don't know how we were. And he said, you know, I, I think it was his idea. He goes, what about the Hurt Locker? And I started laughing. I said, that is an incredible name. Let's talk concept. This thing will sell out in an hour to that audience as long as we keep the profile low. So we capped it at 50 teams of four. Um, so there's a total of 200 people. We released no information about it. We said, here's what you need to know. I mean, here's some cool graphics because that's what we do well. <laughs> you know, we've got a really strong presence. I've got a great art director. Um, we release this cool sort of graphics. We tell people, you know, this is going to be tough. Uh, you know, there's never been an event like this before. Six hours, get ready, gritty. Using all the keywords that, that, you know, the OCR passionate ones just gravitate about. We release a little bit of information. And we announce the event, and it sells out in like 20 minutes. And no one knows what the hell they're getting themselves into, which might be the mystique of it, right? Because people are starting to ask me, hey, hey, what are we getting yourselves into? And I'll be honest with you, I'm, in, I'm almost in the exact same boat. I, I certainly know a little bit about it, but I don't know as much as I should about the event. Not at all. Like, it's going to be amazing. It's actually in October, oh gosh, October 5th, I think. It's at the Boneyard. And it's a six-hour test of attrition. That's all he'll tell me. <laughs> and we went out and got coaches. You know so, sorry, so this is this. actually the – oh, please go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, with, with your brand and the, and the way that, uh, that the events that you've put on, you probably could have limited it to 100 teams and still sold it out in 20 minutes because everybody's just like <laughs> – it's another X Warrior event, and we just want to do it because that's everyone I've talked to that has done an X Warrior event, any any of the events now, and I've talked to quite a few um, people, whether it be people from Alberta or people from down here, and every one of them just says, "Doesn't matter what you do, you're going to love it." It's the people. I really appreciate hearing that, and I'm my own worst enemy and my own worst critic, and you know, and I know that I know where we win. And I know where we can totally connect, you know, and sometimes I think that I'm too connected. Like I've just recently pulled myself out of a couple of Facebook groups that, you know, I finally realized these are groups for the racers and it's important for them to have their own dialogue and their own voice. And I can't take things personally. 
you know, so I was sort of reading posts and it was like, I'd, I'd like lose my mind going, Oh my God, terrible sky's falling. But I think the, um, we've certainly had some struggles, you know, we've, we've like this year, you know, I, to be honest with you, I got tired of paying. I got tired of paying time companies. I truly did. I was looking at, you know, what the product was. I didn't know anything about the technology. I know a little bit about RFID, you know, I know the technology is not high tech. Um, and I was watching some of the prices and because we do do some events out of town, like we're doing events at the boneyard per se, like it's an hour outside of Edmonton. Well, the way some of these guys were pricing, you might as well think that you're bringing it up to the Arctic circle, you know, and you're starting to pay, you know, seven, eight bucks a person for timing you really start to wonder, wait a second. So I actually just added the numbers up last year, but this is not happening again. We're going to buy our own system. So, you know, um, easier said than done. We finally found, um, we switched to race roster last year for our registration portal. They don't have a presence in uh, the OCR world, but they're certainly big in uh, the running world and on an admin level and a functionality level, like it's night and day compared to what we were using. Um, and on a service level and people level, like they are at the top of the game. Like they're just, I've never had such support. So went to them finally, after me racking my brain, you know, went to them and asked them what they thought about timing. And sure enough, they've got timing solution engineers and everything. So we bought the hardware, we, we bought some hardware, you know, bought some disposable chips, you know, I looked at the reusable chips, but I was looking at the pricing going, man, like, you know, that doesn't really work with the budgets that we're working with. So we got this timing solution and the timing technology works. It really does. And the guys from RM timing solution out of the States and us timing, RM timing, I think they're the same company. Um, his name's Brian, just an incredible guy. Uh, he's been so patient with me. I know for sure. After, like he's totally hung up the phone and dropped that bombs to his wife about me. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> We buy the solution and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the guy that runs this thing. I need to know how the solution works because when we go to these trail events, you know, rather than us having to charge X amount of extra dollars to get a timing chip in their hands, if we own the solution, we can keep our pricing low. And that's really what the goal was. Well, you know, probably should have, I shouldn't say test the technology because it's never been a technology issue. It's been a people issue, but we've certainly had, you know, our first event that we ran the damn thing with, um, it was 11 o'clock at night and the event, you know, I'm going to be back on site at 4 a.m. I happened to, you know, I dozed off, checked my phone. My MC who was flying in didn't make his flight and canceled. So at that point I had no MC for the event. And if you know anything about what we do or anything else, like you're having a great start line, MCs, everything. So I had to go and do it. And I was also supposed to be the timer for that event. But at, at that time and moment, I'm like, well, the events don't run without this thing. So I'm just going to set this thing up and just let it go. Well, that was just, you know, it just, you know, the one thing goes sideways, one piece of data was entered wrong in like the integration with race roster. And I was literally, I literally spent 50 hours trying to rebuild this stuff after the fact. So, when you say that uh, people, you know, people say oh, a bunch of great things about Explorer, I really appreciate that. Like we've this year, you know, certainly had a few, a few challenges. And the only thing we can do is just be honest about it. Like we're sorry, we're trying our best, you know, some people have accepted it. Some people haven't. Um, we've done our best. I think um, certainly a lot of lessons learned. Um, 
you know, but it's, it's really nice to hear that, that, that people are really enjoying the events. I know how much better they can be. So maybe that's what keeps us, you know, sort of, sort of ahead. And I won't say ahead production wise, but I know that, you know, we can do little things better. We can totally communicate better. We can engage better. And I think that that's, that's really where the X warrior brand wins because of our attitude towards, because of my attitude towards, you know, engaging with the people being there, you know, running the start lines, but, you know, not, not running it. And, and, and you know what, maybe, maybe this is the biggest downfall that X warrior has. I don't know, but you know, not running it as, this is going to sound funny, not running it as a business over running it as let's go create some really cool events. Let's make sure everyone has a blast. Let's make sure people push themselves and let's make sure we see a ton of high fives, you know? So, I mean, I've never been accused of being some sort of accountant, anyone that knows me laughs. Uh, and that might be our downfall that, 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 that we just, everything I do, I want people talking and I want that sort of positivity. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I might make decisions that might not be the smartest at the time. Like, for example, you know, for someone to take the host position over the timing position, yeah, it might have been the right decision. Could I have found someone that might have had a pulse that might have been able to fake, you know, fake the start line and stuff? I probably could have found that. You know, but at that time, I thought I just went back into the production mode. I thought, oh man, we got to stay connected. This is this is what we do, you know. And this is it's just so much fun for me. But then I had this timing system that literally, oh, and the timing chips that we had, people had never seen them before. It was like it was mind-boggling. Like it, again, because we're dealing with people that aren't from the running community, we were giving them disposable shoe tags. And anyone that's used these things knows, well, you you roll. You, you basically loop them around your laces, you clip them, you don't bend them, you don't stuff them in your shoe, you don't put them in your pocket, you don't put them in your mouth, like literally. And sure enough, I mean, I was watching people come across the finish line. I'm thinking, oh my God, like people had timing chips crunched in their shoe and stuffed in their laces. Another guy had, had it stuffed in his headband. Um, so anyways, yeah, we screwed up a lot this year. So for you to say that means a lot, but there were certainly some issues that probably could have been, probably could have been avoided if I didn't have my head in my house sometimes. Uh, you know, that's, that's something to say about, I guess, you is that you're able to overcome those obstacles and everybody I've talked to that came away from the races had something positive. The, the fact that you were on MC that day and you were there I'm pretty sure this is the same race, but at the end of it, you're out there handing out cheeseburgers because that's one of the ones that I was told about that just, it was just crazy. They don't know how you get the energy to do that from four in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. You were just go, go, go. And you were everywhere. And, you know, you started the race, you got out there and fed them cheeseburgers at the end. And, And that's the stuff that, you know, you don't see other race directors doing that anymore. And, and that's, that's something that I think makes you unique that you're able to do that. Uh, and, and you have a growing brand. Um, some of the, yeah, the very small so. yeah. ones, some of the very small ones that run like a single race a year, you know, that's fine. They can do that, but yours is actually a, a multi-race, multi-location brand that's growing 
And for you to be able to get out and do that, uh, you know, that, I, again, I just keep hearing good things about it. And uh, like I said, Amazing. Amazing. it's going to be out there. We're going to be out there in Alberta. Um, I'm sure you're probably not coming to Which BC event are you coming to? Soon, so. I don't Which know yet. Are you going to come to Blog because we don't have I'm a schedule? I'm the calendar. Yeah. Um, more than likely, well, listen, we're going to shoot you the calendar. We want. Yeah. Okay. We'll shoot you the calendar before it's yeah. public. I'd, I'd love to have you out there as our guests. If you guys want to put a team in, I'll just send you some codes. I'd love to have you guys out there. Um, it's, yeah, it's a great event, man. Black Ops is the Black Ops is super fun, and I've got an ultra marathon um, loop concept. And we found the right venue. Um, we found the right time, and it could be. Uh, an ultra marathon trail version of black ops, which I think could be actually amazing. Um, because, because again, it just, like you said, it, it's that, it's that whole community feeling, you know, and that, that whole cheeseburger story. I remember that, that was, that was at the end of the day where timing system didn't work. I could, well, it didn't work. I couldn't read the data. I couldn't see the, um, I couldn't give out podiums. Like it was stressful, man. And I remember walking by the kitchen and they had all these burgers and fries. And I looked over at the lady. I said, oh, I said, how many you got there? And she, you know, they wanted to close. Well, you know, half the crew was out there. There's a whole bunch of people in the patio. It was beautiful drinking beer. I said, I said, I'll take all those. Just throw those on my tab. And we just went out there and handed. Now, I did it partially because the girl in the kitchen looked like she wanted to fall asleep. So I'm going to help this girl out. She's been up so early. And we were just handing out burgers and stuff. And that was super cool, you know. And. I was like sort of getting engaged and the moment someone asked one timing question, like, oh man, I'll be right back. And then I went back and office. <laughs> so I appreciate that that you brought that up. I totally forgot about that. That was funny. Um, so, I mean, we could probably go on for a few hours with this. Uh, I'm thinking yeah, that once, you release the cal- once you release the calendar, I might ask you back on, um, probably with one of the actual hosts instead of just the producer. <laughs> but uh, no, I love it. Thank you. But I think it, I think that it'll be a little cool. I think it's a great event. Uh, you know, we've gone already over the hour mark, which is kind of the the key engagement there. Um, in closing, what would you say to all the beasts and all the listeners that are across the country and across the continent? What would you tell them about your event to help get them there and to to make them want to come to uh, to Alberta to see you? So many things. First and foremost, all I have to say is the Canadian dollar. (laughs) Like what you're thinking, actually, you know, not coming here to Canada to run any event. The Canadian dollar is sitting at about, you know, 70 cents on the dollar. So and plus, if you notice, our races are, are, are priced a little differently than than a lot of your bigger events. So I'd say, you know, if finances are sort of a concern, you are not paying attention to the news. I think that if you wanted to come and experience, you know, a real special OCR community type event, and I, and I won't see community saying they're small, because as you know, they're, they're produced very well. We can stand our own with anyone. Um, I think that when you do come down, make sure that you're not flying in and flying out. Make sure you're here for the weekend. Make sure that you connect with, you know, one of the Facebook groups and stuff, because I know that I see this all the time. Um, And you certainly won't be disappointed. There's absolutely 
no way that you'll come to one of our events and thought, oh, my God, that wasn't absolutely amazing. Like, it's just there's this real connection that keeps us all together in the sport. And it is so strong here in Alberta, much like your team, right? Like, you guys always get the biggest team and whatnot. Imagine if that was a province. That's where we sit, you know, and we're just fortunate enough that, you know, or maybe I was the guy that recognized it early and thought, you know, if someone doesn't do this on the ground, we're going to lose this because, you know, U.S. companies, own companies, they're great, but they're going to come do cash grabs and leave. And like, we're all stuck sort of staring at each other for 10 months. So um, I would say, you know, I would say to wait for a calendar. If you want to come and do a really, really cool event, Black Ops is something for sure. Um, that event sells out typically in a day, you know. Um, I'll have to give you a report back on Hurt Locker <laughs> once, I, once I see what's about to happen to these people. But, yeah, man, just, you know, we, we do things differently and we're very nimble, you know, because we're not owned by, you know, uh, you know because we're not producing 4,000 events. You know, we can make changes on the fly and we can change obstacles. And, you know, we sort of see what's, happening in the marketplace so we're listening to racers and we've 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 added new obstacles you know six hours before an event starts like we keep it a lot of fun so i guess you know in closing if you want to come out and have a great time do something fun you know not spend a lot of money this is where you got to be just don't come in the winter unless you ski <laughs> yeah it, it gets a little bit deep up there i bet <laughs> yeah, it sure does. And no, we will not be hosting a winter obstacle course race. Not happening. Someone's, I, I, people have stopped asking me because I finally just voiced my concern and said, no, you go be cold. You do it. I'm not. It's fun to run the events. I couldn't imagine producing, doing setup and teardown in the Alberta winter months. Not happening. Sorry. <laughs> so oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we, appre- we appreciate you All coming right. on the show today, Darcy. Like I said, we're going to be running hey, thank you very much a whole for week me. of uh, a whole week of interviews talking about uh, about your brand. So if you if you can listen to it or share it in your groups that you got up there, because uh, everybody again, I've, I've talked to talked to quite a few people, and they really enjoy it. All right, thank you so much for supporting the kind words, and please take me up on the offer. We'd we'd love to see you up here. And I mean, I I rant, so thank you for putting up with me. Most of the time, the story gets back to where it's supposed to be, so <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. You take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet Podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at BeastOCR.com.